Welcome to the Moon and Carolina podcast, where we discuss life and personal growth through the lens of mythology, spirituality, astrology, and consciousness. I'm your host, Shelby Bundy, and I look forward to diving into the everyday magic of creating the life that you were born to lead. Welcome to the Moon in Carolina podcast. I am really excited to be here today with my guest co-host and my friend whom you all may know and love as Maria the Arcane. Maria and I became online friends about six years ago, and we were able to meet in person finally at the Tame Wild retreats last year. Maria is not only a witchy photographer and content creator, but she also is a reader of tarot and co-host of the podcast, Coffee and Cauldrons. Maria, I am so glad to be here with you talking archetypes and all things tarot. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. Any chance to talk about tarot, like I'm down. Yeah, same, same. (laughs) And as we were saying, like, I can't believe it's been six years. Like, I know. I don't even remember how we actually got connected. I I know that I liked Tamed Wild stuff first. Um, okay. You're, you know, really cute, witchy store. Like, perfect. <laughs> of course, I'm going to follow. <laughs> and I don't know. I just think maybe I commented on a few, like, stuff and was like, oh, need that. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing all your photography and being like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So for people who don't know, Maria actually takes um a lot of the photography for tamed wild for the products and the videos that are all over our tiktok and that she's the uh witchy creator behind all that yeah apparently i'm called the snapper (laughs) (laughs) oh because you snap in your videos (laughs) (laughs) that's what they were saying at the tamed wild retreat and i thought that was so funny that is funny yeah i hadn't heard that but i could see it now (laughs) yeah So how long have you been reading tarot and what drew you to it? Obviously, when I started my craft, I was doing the math earlier. It's 22, 23 years ago now. Um, So when I started my craft, you know, when you're a new witch, you're like, of course, I'm going to dig into tarot. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's just it's a really fun way to divinate and. And as an artist, like as a photographer, it's like holding like a mini gallery in your hands, like an artist that, you know, how they view the cards and it's so unique and individualized by the art, especially artists now, you know, all we had back then was like the Rider Waite Smith deck, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. now like 200 decks later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just your personal collection, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that idea of like holding a little gallery because it it's really so true. Is. And as we're talking about like archetypes and stuff like that, you get to see like the artist um, depiction of like the archetypes and stuff like that, like how they view it. And I don't know, it's just really beautiful. And then like relating, you know, the tarot to your own experiences and your own things and finding yourself in the cards is always Mm -hmm. a lot of fun and a great way to reflect on what you're going through or might be going through later. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm the same. I my entry into it was when I first started leaning into witchcraft, and I was like, "It's so easy, you know. It's just like it's it's an affordable tool. You can take it with you anywhere. There's so many books on it. So being able to learn it, you know, it is a good like first introduction into divination. It really is 100. percent And <laughs> I don't know, like I don't know about you when you first started, but you know, you're like, oh. I'm going to like take this card and it's going to be totally terrible. And I'm be like, nope, I'm going to pull a different card and lay it on top of that. And be like, okay, we're going to have a happy outcome. Instead. Yeah, that one's better. <laughs> <laughs> when I was first learning, I would draw like the card of the day in the morning and I would carry it with me all day. Like if I was driving in my car, I like propped it up on my dash and then I just Aww. had it in my purse. Like if I was waiting at an appointment somewhere and that's, that's like a big part of how I learned. I just like, held the card all day and like looked at it and just kind of like contemplated it, you know, to kind of figure out like how, what I felt the meaning was. And so that was, it was really helpful. And then I would like the next day pick a different one and just, it took a while, but you know, it was helpful. Oh yeah. I think at the first I practiced like tarot very superficially. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't until like maybe in my mid twenties, I started developing a deeper relationship with it. And um Especially, I found out like reading for others and getting out of my own head for like readings and stuff like that helped me um, develop a better tarot practice, especially for reading for myself, because you're viewing it from like an outsider's perspective instead of Mm -hmm. just looking at your own, you know, your own mess. And so you're like, you're able to be like, oh, you know, this reading's not actually so terrible when you're reading it for other people. So when you uh, read for yourself, you're kind of like, you know. It's not that terrible. Yeah, it's not that terrible. Like you're overthinking things. But yeah. 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 I have a hard time sometimes reading for myself for that very reason because I'll be like, well, it doesn't mean that with it if it's for me. You know, like (laughs) this is different. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta take a picture of it and then it's like I'll return to you later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So, okay. So 22 cards in the major arcana and we'll go through them in order. How would you, or how do you explain the major arcana to your clients? Wait, are people who, who don't really understand tarot or haven't dived into it yet? What would you, how would you explain the major arcana to them? Um, for me, there are like major themes that we go through in our lives. Like, uh, when they pop up in readings, it shows something, a major shift. Um, at least I don't want to say like it's going to totally impact like your life, but it could, it's a thing that totally impacts your day. If you're like pulling a major Mm -hmm. arcana card for your day, that's what's majorly going to impact your day. Well, the minor arcana is obviously minor themes that represent kind of like, you know, when you're looking at like a tree graph, like the major arcana card, and then you have like the spokes and that would be the minor arcana explain the major arcana and mm-hmm. why, like, the themes that are playing out because of that major arcana card. But um, hopefully I'm explaining that well. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. And I love that. That's actually the same way that I would explain it also. I, I look at it like... I, when I, t- I tell people the major arcana are energies you're going to encounter. Like there's nothing you can do to get around that. They're major things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. The minor arcana, I feel like, especially in like a future, re- like a year ahead reading or, you know, where we're looking ahead. I sometimes I feel like, okay, the major, the minor arcana, those cards can be changed based on events and things that you do. And those can be flipped around. If you're reading reverse and upright, the major arcana are, like you said, major shifts. Like those are things that are in our path and we're going to encounter them. How we encounter 
encounter them mm-hmm. is going to be told by the cards around it. But it's not something that I feel like is adjustable as much. Exactly. It's like the title of a chapter and then the minor arcana is like the story that gets told in that chapter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a great explanation. I love that. Thank okay. You. So let's start with the fool and we're listeners. We're just going to spend a couple minutes on each because there's 22 and or else Maria and I will be here all day because we both <laughs> love talking tarot. So, <laughs> so exactly. we'll, we'll run through them somewhat quickly, but um, yeah, beginning with the fool. So you start with that one and then we'll. Okay. So <laughs> the fool for me definitely represents like Oh, it's just starting completely. It's like having that very lighthearted approach to life where you're very excited to start something. You don't exactly where know where it's going to lead you. Um, but I do think it's very important when you have this card. It doesn't mean that you're completely naive because I see the fool as carrying, you know, the little knapsack. And that's like past knowledge that he's carrying with himself, mm-hmm. you know, with himself and that you carry with you each time like you, you know finish a cycle you attain more and more knowledge so you're not heading in a completely like unarmed but right right yeah it's just a yeah. first beginning yeah and there's an excitement to it i think that is the naive part it's not i, I look at it like the naiveness is not is it naiveness or naivete what's that word naivete, naivete. <laughs> <laughs> we're going with naiveness because that's an easier one to say um but that is not necessarily in my mind related to knowledge it's just more of like that blind excitement you know where mm-hmm. you're just like so excited and you're not really afraid of the repercussions yet and as you <laughs> exactly. get older or you get farther along in the major arcana you've learned some lessons and you're so you know that there's dangers and this card the archetype is kind of like that unknowing but really excited and willing to take a chance you know yeah yeah no i completely agree yeah do you read reversed and upright i do when you, i do yeah i do also yeah <laughs> i think archetypally though they say the same as far as like what they are it's just how they manifest exactly changes a little bit yeah yeah um okay so the next card we come upon is the magician I love him. I love this card. It's just, yeah, it's so, there's so much magic in it and there's so much potential, you know, and I love the traditional art of like all the tools laid there, all the tools of the tarot. And just like Mm -hmm. you have, you have all the tools you need to manifest or to make. And I guess that would be maybe the archetype is the manifester, you know, the creator. Exactly. 100%. Actually, out of all the like major arcana, uh, in I do want to say including the high priestess, but to me, the magician is the witch card. It's bringing your mm-hmm. manifestations down to reality. You know, it's bringing your intentions down to reality that his hand is up, you know, his other hand is down. He's bringing things yep. up and down. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. So the manifester, the witch, the creator, yep. the person who's making something of nothing. Yeah. Basically. Utilizing what they have in order to bring forth change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next we have the High Priestess. Okay. see with her? (laughs) (laughs) Our liminal queen. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually see her in the Hierophant very similar. Uh, She is like internal knowledge. She is knowledge that spiritual knowledge and stuff that she's gained over her life. Um, Like she seeks her knowledge within herself when she needs it. And when, you know, when we turn to high priestess, we're looking within ourselves for answers. Um, yeah. And our, it's even with like our spirits, ancestors, deities and stuff like that. I'm working with like that other side of the liminal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she is the counterpart to the hierophant. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so if, I mean, jumping ahead a second, but if the Hierophant is like the actual teacher in the mm-hmm. physical way, then she's the teacher in the spiritual yeah. realm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. Like the, the keeper of the knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's more like in like learned knowledge, personal learned knowledge rather than mm-hmm. book smarts. Yeah. 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 When I see her in a reading, I usually, my intuitive read on it is it's leaning into, you know, you like the, the answers are within you, like lean into what you already know. Mm-hmm. You've got, you have the answers inside you, you know, trust your intuition, trust what you think, you know, don't look for outside validation. Like that's kind of the energy I feel with yeah. her most times. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, the Empress is next. And I love this card because it, it honestly, for me, it reminds me of my grandmother in a weird way every time I see it. But it's like that mother archetype. It's like that safe space, you know, where you mm-hmm. just feel like cared for and you feel nurtured. Yeah. Um, I know the cards have Zodiac associations and I know I'm a cancer, so I know this isn't a cancer card, but it reminds me of that energy, you know? Well, there is water in the background, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. I <laughs> actually, I've, I've been viewing the Empress very, the archetype of the Empress very differently. Lately, I view her as a late stage mother, like the one, oh. like an older teen or even like a teen that's moved out of the house when the mom starts like discovering herself again. And, yeah. um, but she still is loving and providing what she can. Um, but she's also reclaiming her identity. Um, yeah. yeah. And just because you that. see like the feminine symbol next to her. And so like mm-hmm. as a queer witch myself, it's kind of like, yeah, even like claiming your identity in that way and showcasing it. Yeah. I love that. I love that late stage. It's like an empty nester, but yeah. kind of like back to like nurturing yourself again versus nurturing for others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't heard that before. I actually really <laughs> like that. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Well, then her counterpart is the next card, which is the Emperor. And this card always reminds me of like Saturn, you know, and like mm-hmm. Saturn energy. And I always say of Saturn, like he's the fun buster dad who's like, these are the rules and you're going to follow them. And they're, you know, you, I always use the example, like you can't go to that party. You can't wear that skirt and you've got to be home by 10. And it's like <laughs> when those rules are imposed where, you know, to, as a teenager, you're like, this is no fun and this is not okay, but he's doing it to keep you safe. And mm-hmm. I always explain Saturn energy that way. Like, you know, he's might not be the most fun, but it's, he's there to keep us safe. And to, there's the rules are there for a reason. And the emperor always reminds me of that also like the keeper of the the roles that we don't always love, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I call him the King of Kings and mm-hmm. just, you know, you know how you feel like when you are in control of so much in your life, like you're in control of your business, you're in control of your kids. You're, you're the one that has to make dinner. So you have like all these things that you like have to um, prioritize and have power over and be the word, you know, be the person who speaks up about it and stuff like that. I feel like that's mm-hmm. very emperor energy and everything yeah. obviously that you said. Yeah. And also though, when you think of it, like the King of Kings, like you said, like, there's a loneliness in that, you know? Oh, There's, definitely. It, it's like the heavy is the whatever. What's that? What's that saying? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that, you know, just like, like what a lonely place to be when you're the one that's in charge and you're the one that's not liked <sighs> and, you know, and people are not thrilled with the rules that you 
put into place. Yeah. But again, you're putting them there for a reason to help humanity or society. Yeah. You know, that's actually my birthday card, and I struggle with it, even though I represent it in so many facets of my life. But I can feel that weight that you're speaking yeah. of, like yeah. of having to control everything and remain in control of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. That's an interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Um, okay. So the Hierophant is next. And as we said earlier, this is the masculine counterpart to the high priestess. And so I've always looked at him, like I said, like he's kind of like the, the teacher, mm-hmm. the, in the, the physical teacher, like when this card appears for me, I feel like, okay, I need to find a mentor. I need to take, not so much take a class, but find a teacher, find somebody that mm-hmm. has, is farther along in whatever path I'm on that knows more that I can learn from, like a physical person. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like outward knowledge, like someone who's very like, has learned something and wants to like give back to other people and, you know, to help others learn. I also view him as like a therapist card. It comes up a lot in like client readings, like when someone needs to seek advice, but they need to seek someone who, you know, instead of like going to a friend to speak about your problems, you're actually speaking to someone who will give you that outward perspective and who is knowledgeable in like therapy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good perspective. Actually. I like that. Yeah. And I think also he can speak to a, I don't want to say organized religion, but like a spiritual leader, mm-hmm. um, but within a community, you know? So, I mean, if you're, if you're Christian, you're probably not pulling tarot, but it would be like, go consult your priest or your pastor, you know, or maybe there's, sometimes I feel like there's a spiritual element to it also, like looking for you know, spiritual guidance in another person that can help you move forward. Yeah. Like he's the voice of spirit while the high priestess is a spirit of herself and speaks of spirit herself. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 Like she embodies it. Exactly. He's channeling her. He's just going to channel her. Yes. Our liminal queen. (laughs) Right. We like her. (laughs) So, okay. The next one, the lovers. How do you explain that one? Oh, as Like, okay, so I actually view the lovers as, like, a challenge card of, like, I see it a lot in, like, romance readings, like, when someone wants something, but that something also has to work with them in order for it to work and for them to meet in the middle for it to work. Like, let's say in a relationship, like, the wife wants to be heard more and wants to work on the relationship, but the husband's like, why? I don't want to go see a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, then it's not going to work because only one person's doing the work. Um, But I also view this as, like, um, a gender card, like, exploring, like, your gender in the in-between, like... Um, obviously the feminine, the masculine, and then the non-binary and finding mm-hmm. where you fit on that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I I have never thought of it like that either. I love that. Yeah. I can see, I, I agree with what you're saying when it comes up with like, there's two forces or there's, there's oppositions or there's two things that are happening like between two people, you mm-hmm. know, like, like you said, the husband and the wife, one wants to go to therapy, one doesn't. When this card comes up, it's like, there's there's something between and a relationship that is needs to be addressed or looked at. 
And also it can be one of like the most literal cards in the tarot, which is just like, you're going to find a partner, you know, or Mm -hmm. you're, and it depends on obviously the spread and the things around it, but there's a handful of of cards in the tarot that I'm like, this one is so literal sometimes, you know, (laughs) just you're going to fall in love. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I think it's the whole, but like, especially the distance between them, but you're going to have to wait and fate will have to take a hand, you know? Yeah. 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 I love that. And then, yeah, I think just like, like the principles of it is like two people, you know, who are going through something and that, and it doesn't always have to be romantic, of course, either. It could just, it could, any type of relationship, this card can show up when there's something happening between two, you know? Yeah. Especially with someone who evens you out, who is, might yeah. be the complete opposite of you, but yeah, yeah, I see that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is the chariot. I love this card also. This is actually the card for cancer. Um, and I, I always, I, you ever, you ever associate cards to people that, you know, like this card, I always think oh, of yeah. my son, you know, yeah. <laughs> my son is like super motivated and just like such a go-getter. And this is like his card. And so I always think of him, his energy with this card, because it's, I, it's somebody who I feel like is just going to like break down barriers and get shit done. You know, they're just yeah. going to move forward and, and do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I always like to like in the back of the card, you see like the city and it's like leaving stuff behind in order to pursue the things that you want and just like going for it. Like not even looking back in the review mirror, just like going. It's like, you know, when you get that like wave of motivation, certain days, like you wake up and you're like, (laughs) oh, today's the day. Like I am so excited to like conquer my to-do list or like get this done. And it's, I feel like that's that energy and it doesn't come around that often, you know, it's just, once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't come around that often, but when it does, you're just like, woohoo, I'm going, you know, and it's like, I'm so excited about this. That's, that's that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Where the, even the obstacles you're like, I'll handle it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And there's a confidence to that card, you know, like as far as the archetype goes, there's like a confidence, a, a person who's very confident and just kind of like, no bullshit, just get it done. And you know, the, that energy is there with that card that I 100%. like. 100%. Yeah. 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 Anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I know me too. I know. You know what it reminds me of is I, this is a really weird example, but I used to be a smoker and I quit in 2017 and I had tried quitting so many times prior and I just couldn't do it, you know, and, but the every now and then the day that rolled around, it was like twice a year that the day would roll around that I was like, this is the day I can do this. You know, I can, I can quit. And one of those times it worked and I did. But when I started smoking again, after quitting for like a week, I would be like, oh my God, that day is not going to roll around for like another six months. And I already messed it up. But it's like that, it's like that chariot energy of just like, okay, I'm full of this, this confidence and I have this like strength all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I used to be a smoker too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. See, I get it. <laughs> where was the chariot then? Why wasn't he coming around more right, often? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So following the chariot is strength. And I love the art for strength because mm-hmm. it's got this woman and the, the traditional art and it's the woman with the lion and she, he's, his mouth's open. It's, I always think of like a gentle giant or like the archetype of somebody who has a strength, not because they're loud, not because they're yelling, not because they're aggressive, like the earned respect versus the force, you know, like mm-hmm. somebody who's strong inwardly and gets what they want outwardly because Mm -hmm. of the inner strength. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I think that speaks to patience. 
because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think you have to be strong right away, but obviously str- the card strength and the imagery on it shows like, obviously she is, you know, working with the lion has take, take, took time in order to tame it and things like that. Yeah. So patience is learned. Strength is yeah. learned. So yeah. Yeah. I love be that. Kind and earned. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And she's not like, there's no brute force feeling to this card, you mm-hmm. know? And and that's the part of it that is so, it's like a calm, gentle giant. I don't know how else to say yeah, it. Like, it's, yeah, it kind of reminds you to take like a deep breath, like when yeah. you're going through something hard, you know? Yeah. Take yeah. your time. Yeah. Don't rush through it. Yeah. Don't be like don't. the chariot in that moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what is also something we haven't touched on is just like the, order of these cards, you know, and it's like, you almost have to have a chariot moment where you're just full speed ahead, like, like running forward before (laughs) you can get to that place where you go like, okay, I didn't need to do that. And that wasn't, that wasn't completely the way to do that. Like there's another way that's calmer and it's like the turtle in the hair, you know, 100%. It's like, oh, that's some knowledge, you know, the fool is going to put in his little knapsack for right cycle. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I love the, I love the way that they're ordered that these all built on each other. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is the hermit, which the archetype is just the recluse. I love the hermit because I'm a mm-hmm. cancer and I just want to be, <laughs> I, I, I embody the hermit energy all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've actually been going through a huge hermit phase myself and I've pulled it for like <laughs> my yearly cards, like twice in a row, luckily not this year, but twice in a row previously. Um, yeah. but to me, it really is. It's kind of like I view him as like an older emperor who's no longer really in power and he's already climbed like this mountain. And now he's like having to be like, OK, where do I go now? And he's kind of like sitting with himself and yeah. light because you see the little star in the thing. So it reflects mm-hmm. back on the star card. So you're kind of like rediscovering your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I feel like right now, this time of year too, we're just in like hermit energy, you know, in <laughs> the winter hermit energy, big hermit energy. Yeah. But I, there's actually one deck that, uh, the modern witch tarot, I don't know if you have that one, but her hermit imagery is so beautiful. It's, um, it's, it shows a woman and she's closing her laptop and she's in the robe and, you know, but I, that card just really speaks to me in the art because I'm like, that is the modern hermit, you know, like disconnect from society, like stop caring what other people online are thinking about you. Just don't overwork, you know, like all the things our <laughs> laptops represent, you know, the portal into like all the things we love and all the things that probably hurt us or within that one thing. And so in that imagery where she's closing that, I just feel like this is, this is exactly what it is for modern day people, you know? Oh, yeah. No, you put it like absolutely perfectly. Hermit card is signing off for the day and sitting yeah. with yourself for a little yeah. bit. Or the, or the month. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Just inner reflection. And like, it's a form of self-care. When the hermit comes up, I'm like, the universe is telling me, like, you need to shut off and be alone. And it's a form of self-care, you mm-hmm. know, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We need to show All right. up. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So what's your take on the Wheel of Fortune? Actually, this was the card that I pulled for the year. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, I view it actually as an ebb and flow card because, you know, we it speaks to that we can't really avoid like 
the turning of the wheel. We can't avoid time. We can't avoid like when life begins to ebb because it will inevitably ebb no matter what. But when it's upright, it just speaks to like enjoying life in the moment and how well things are going. Don't really worry about like what's going to happen in the future right now. I'm sure, yeah, sure you can like do things right now to prevent a future ebb and kind of like slow down the wheel from like turning into an ebb. Mm-hmm. But, um, I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I, yeah, I look at it similarly. I feel like sometimes it shows up as a nod to a change of season in life, Mm -hmm. you know, like something's coming, um, some change is on the horizon, you know, and it's, and it's again, depending on what cards are around it and what the spread is. But, um, when I see that card, sometimes I get a little bit anxious. If it's for me, I was like, I'm like, oh shit, like what's, what's happening, you know? And then if I want change, if I'm in a place where I'm like, finally, then it can be like a really reassuring card. Yeah. But yeah, I think overall the archetype of it is it speaks to, like you said, like we cannot control what happens. We can't control time and the, the, the process of life and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really do think when it's upright, especially like if you've gone through a recent ebb, it's just reassuring you everything is okay right now. Mm-hmm. Like you're on top. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and also in the and that's actually you're on top. That's the um the art, the original Rider Waite Smith art, right? There's like a wheel, and then there's like a person on the top and a person on the bottom underneath it. Right. I'm describing that correctly. It's, I'm trying to picture it. I use I think so many it, different decks now. Yeah. Like... I think that that one has like a, yeah, it has like a body of a, of a, per, it looks mm-hmm. like a humanoid, you know, type person. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of when I was learning them, I remember looking at that and thinking, okay, sometimes you're on the top, sometimes you're on the bottom, like the mm-hmm. ebb and the flow, you know, like of the wheel. Like sometimes you're getting ran over, sometimes you're <laughs> riding it on the top and everything's fine, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it definitely speaks to that. Mm-hmm. It's like a energy. cycle card in on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah. All right. Justice is next. I always feel like when justice shows up, I feel like I want to say like, oh, there's going to be a reckoning, you know, like <laughs> some wrong is going to be made right. Like something's coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's like definitely an inner truth card um, and weighing it against like other people's opinions and criticisms and stuff like that. It's kind of like at work, like when you receive like some constructive criticism, obviously you need to take it in a way that's best for you and to um, disregard anything that doesn't really help you Mm -hmm. and just honoring what the truth really means. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. just because it's something that you want doesn't mean it is your inner truth. Like it's yeah. it's a really hard card to get it is. to honor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that it's it's an exposure card almost. Because the way that I was the way that I interpret it, like some like there's a reckoning, like something's coming. It's it's almost like it's a, like what you said, a truth is gonna be exposed or realized. Like there's mm-hmm. something that's gonna come to a surface, you know, that you're gonna have to deal with and yeah. not in a bad way, not in, not in a negative way necessarily, mm-hmm. but just kind of like a learnings, you know? Exactly. Maybe. And balancing it out, like with everything. I think the balancing act is like what makes it really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always, <laughs> always. Yeah. Um, okay. So from there we have the hanged man. I have so many different ways. I look at this card. 
This was one that when I first started learning, I was like, oh, it's this. Oh, wait, no, it's this. And it, and it really, it's all things depending on, you know, the read, but, um, what do you, how, what's your take on them? Okay. So I actually view the hangman and temperance very similar, like very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like the hangman for me is when basically when stuff beyond your control flips you upside down and you're basically in that hermit rest mode and the, the universe is like, you need to chill out. You need to like mm-hmm. see things from a new perspective and you're going to stay here until it's time for you to move on. And we will let you know when it's time to move on. Like you can't oh, really yeah. do anything to help move the situation forward. You just have to kind of like wait it out and yeah, like yeah. learn as you go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I look at it similarly. I always look at that card, like new perspectives, you know, like Mm -hmm. what, how is he seeing the world hung upside down that way? You know, like what, what is he seeing that we're not? And so when that card shows up, I think, look at things differently, like take a look around and try to understand things from a different perspective. Like Mm -hmm. there might be a situation in your life or an event or something going on that you need to take a different look, look at from different fresh set of eyes or, you know, and this, I've seen it show up when people are uh, in a dispute somewhere, you know, with somebody and, and that card shows up in, in the reading and, and the energy is like, Hey, consider their perspective or consider mm-hmm. this differently. If you want to move past this, this disagreement or this situation that you're in, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it is the universe like sending out a signal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, what you said, like, fits perfectly, like, <clears throat> coming after justice, because sometimes you do have to flip top you know, be flipped over to see something differently. But I also view like the hermit, like during COVID, like we all were, you know, the hangman, we were Mm -hmm. having forced to chill out and stay stagnant and see things from new perspectives. And I think a bunch of us learned so much during that time about ourselves and about the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an interesting support from the universe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't necessarily yeah. like it, but you right. Know. It's not the most comfortable, Stop but, fighting it. <laughs> but we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So after the hangman, ironically, it comes death, which, you know, when you look at the, I want it's not the numerology, but the order, the, what's the word for things going in an order? Um, you know, the card that comes before, if you're in that hanged man position mm-hmm. and the universe is forcing you to see things differently and take that rest. Yeah. And then you, then you come into death, which is a transition card. So mm-hmm. it makes sense, you know, it does 100% the fool's journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Death is, death is so funny because it's such a scary card, but most people know now, like it doesn't actually mean a physical death, but yeah. um, I love the way that it speaks to just that cycle, you know, of Mm -hmm. change and one thing has to go in order for another thing to grow, you know? Exactly. I really do view it as like a level up card. Um, you know, sometimes, even though we might have to leave part of us behind, it's actually for the greater good, um, for ourselves and the direction that we want to go in life. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Persephone, I, I connect Persephone a lot to the death card, like her going into the underworld and becoming her own person away from her mother. She had to kind of like let the maidenhood die in order to um, become, you know, the mm-hmm. goddess of the underworld and then the, also yeah. the goddess of spring. So, 
Yeah. And she had to go into the darkness. She had to go into the uncomfortable spaces, which yep. death is, you know, mm-hmm. and she had to go and be amongst the things that had already the rem- remnants of this process, you know, exactly. and the live amongst the souls. And yeah, I love that analogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah well persephone is like one of my favorite goddesses so i have mine too (laughs) i love her but you know i actually resonate a lot with um i always say demeter but it's demeter i guess i don't know i hear it multiple (laughs) ways but the mother the mother in that story because i have a teenage daughter and i i'm always like in these situations where i'm like looking for her like hypothetically or or symbolically or you know real in real world time i'm like where is this child like i can't reach her you know like she's 15 so i think that's a common thread amongst parents of teenagers but but yeah i always i read that story and i'm like girl i get it like <laughs> it's really like, funny being able to see yourself in like both the like in person mm-hmm. and in demeter's shoes yeah totally totally um <laughs> uh, okay so after death we have temperance and so yeah i always view her as a balance and a harmony and when she shows up i'm always i have this feeling like okay i mean it will depending again on everything or if she's reversed you know mm-hmm. if there's an out of balance or there's a balance that's needed um or you're being forced to consider things in a, in a, and as I love the, it's the art, you know, where she's got one foot on the ground and one foot in water, you mm-hmm. know, and it's kind of like, and then all the Zodiac above her, it's mm-hmm. like being connected, you know, to your spirituality, being grounded and being in tune with your emotions. And it's just kind of like this wholeness to me or holistic card. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I view the Heyman in um, temperance very similar. Um, mm-hmm. For me, temperance is when we decide to move to the side and to kind of like take a pause and try new things. Like it's that whole alchemy thing, like, you know, um, adding something into your life and seeing if it works for you. And then if it does work for you, you can continue on your path as you incorporate it in, but it'll take time to incorporate it. in. it's kind of like allowing yourself to incorporate new things and giving yourself the time to incorporate them. So they're incorporated correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And also in the art, how she's holding two goblets and she's, you know, pouring the water back and forth Mm -hmm. from one to the next. I think that that speaks to like emotional fluidity and just kind of being like open to to things, to feeling new things and, you know, to kind of like being in touch with it, but also the the changing of it, you know? Yeah. It's very like a page of cups, but a little bit smarter and wiser. <laughs> yes. A little bit older down the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a bigger energy of it, you yeah. know, cause it's a major arcana. So it's like, you know, I feel like the major arcana, the universe is like, sit down, you're doing this whatever this card is take a seat get comfortable it's coming you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah 100 percent. so following that balance we go to the devil um which is another card that a lot of people get afraid of but i view the devil uh, the the, the traditional is just like i know it speaks to like um addictions and Mm -hmm. material things and and i always tell people like addictions don't necessarily have to be bad things or substances or drugs or alcohol or things like that. You could have a gym addiction, you know, mm-hmm. you could have a, a work addiction. Mm-hmm. You could have an addiction to money. You could have addiction to shopping. So they're not always things that are going to hurt you physically, but just it's, it's going from temperance where you're, you're in balance and then you're in harmony and now you're overdoing it. You know, it's the, yeah. almost the opposite in a way. Yeah. I really, when the devil comes up in readings, it's just like, when people are going through like a hard time, as you said, like with different types of 
the wide range of addictions or like problems that they don't want to address that they kind of like blame the devil you know like they blame mm-hmm. other circumstances for their situation <laughs> you know like yeah. if someone has like a shopping addiction be like i don't know it just relieves so much stress i don't want to yeah. stop <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like you can leave at any point but i do feel mm-hmm. like um when the devil pops up it will take work to get away from this bad habit and to change things yeah but yeah. Yeah. That energy of your, your for, for, to say it bluntly, like you're doing it to yourself is, is present in my, in the art because the, the, in the traditional art, because the people that are chained to the devil's chair to him or whatever have really large cuffs around their arms. Like yeah. they can slip out of them, you know? And time. so at any time. And so it's, it's, I guess it's not right to say you're doing it to yourself, but it speaks to more of like you have the, you have the power to make the change needed to get away from this devil. You, know? you as a mom will really appreciate this. I, <laughs> I saw a very interesting take on the devil where it's like, like basically, especially when you have a baby, you are in the devil card. You have to be in the devil card. You're mm-hmm. taking care of this little being and you have to, you know, like yeah, <laughs> you're at yeah. its whims. And right. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I totally can see that. But that's just when the cuffs are tight and you're like, I can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, you can always be negligent as so you are right. choosing to be there, but it's a good choosing yeah. to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I, this is one of the cards when it comes up for me in a reading, I actually really appreciate it because I, it get, it makes me take stock and go, what am I overdoing? You know, yeah. like, am I, am I tired because I'm sitting up till 2am watching movies? Cause <laughs> I'm a total night person and I will do that. Like I, I will stay up all night if nobody makes me go to bed, you know? And, but then I'm tired all the next day and then I don't work out and then I eat unhealthy and then I'm, you know, I'm out of balance. And so when, when the devil card shows up, it makes me like look around my life and go, what am I doing to myself that is causing me to not be in most my best, you know? Yeah. And it's always hard to hear that. Always. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's usually something like I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm working too much or, yep. you know, yeah. Sounds yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the tower is my all time favorite card in the tarot. It's, I love the tower energy and it's, it's so terrifying for some people, but, um, it's dependent. It's terrifying for me, depending on what it is. But I always look at the, the tower, like a seed that's breaking apart to grow, you know, mm-hmm. or the forest fire that destroys. So while it plants, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's like, it's like everything coming apart so that you can rebuild from the rubble. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally your foundations and everything that you thought you wanted and that you built being like destroyed in order to make some make way for something new. Like in readings, I always say like it's the universe like shoving you on the right track right now you've built up a lot like a life or an idea and now it's kind of time to dismantle that and to go on the right way because it's like 
it let's say that you built your life around like what your parents wanted it mm-hmm. it's and you already you already have the strong foundations you have the tower you're like i'm mm-hmm. set and then it's like well that's not what i really want and the universe is like yeah it's not what you really want like shoves yeah. you out <laughs> take all get rid of all of it all of it like yeah how would you how would you describe this different the difference between the tower and death because they have similar threads you know they really do i just i think death is a lot slower and <laughs> you have kind of like an acceptance of it um yeah while the tower is very sudden and you don't really have time for acceptance you just have to kind yeah. of like take you know <laughs> jesus <Yeah>. take the will <laughs> yeah well and also you know that's a good point because another way to look at that the difference is i feel like the tower it can be very public also mm-hmm. like whatever is happening that is a tower moment is usually a, a big uh, something that other people are going to be aware of mm-hmm. where a death a death moment can happen internally which is mm-hmm. within yourself it could be a realization it could be you know some type of change where a part of you is dying so another part can grow but the tower situations usually like on a on a very practical level look like a literal dismantling of somebody's of a, of a part of a life. It could be a divorce. It could be a job change. It could be you're buying it. You're selling a house and buying a house. It could be, it could be, it's just something that you have to move to a new city. I mean, these are all very like earthly things, but um, they just, there's something that I think that it makes it more public. Like, yeah. Or more people are involved in. Yeah. Death is like a controlled explosion while a tower is not a controlled explosion. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so the star. How do you how do you approach the star? I love that the star comes right after the tower because I feel like the star is like when we start dreaming again. It's when we start thinking about what we want and what we want to mm-hmm. manifest, what we want to you know, intentions we want to set, what we want to bring into our life. It's just a very dreamy card where you start thinking yeah. for yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like if, if the tower is like that dark night of the soul, then the star is like the light that's coming up after, you know, yeah. kind of the thing that's lighting our way again, like hope. It's like hope, like things yeah. are going to be okay. <laughs> Dawn after the night. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's such a, that's such an easy way to like, remember that one too. Mm -hmm. So the moon, the moon is so, is like universally just our unconscious, you know, in our Mm -hmm. inner workings and feminine energy. Yeah. What, what do you, how do you read her when she comes up? I actually view her very differently than most readers. Okay. So I take like, you know, the domesticated dog and the wolf, like, um, like the untamed and the tamed sides of ourselves and just kind of finding ways to incorporate both because, mm-hmm. you know, the, our tame side is usually, you know, our everyday life, like our responsibilities, things that we've got mm-hmm. to do while our untamed is the person who wants to do hobbies and have fun and go hang out with friends for a little bit. And you just have to kind of like learn to Balance incorporate them. both. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. To honor both parts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And when I see, sometimes when I see the moon card, I'm like, okay, go wild. Like go howl at the moon, like go completely innate, you know, like just go within and do whatever, go, go dance naked if you want. Like <laughs> use that energy that is just like you said, the wild side of you, you know, get it out of your system so that you can 
you can also embrace the tame side, you know? Yeah, because if you're like, too much like doing responsibilities and all that, you're going to be worn out and it's just... Yeah. 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 Sometimes when these cards come up, I'm like, I look at them like little reminders, like, okay, you're, you know, you're not leaning into that side of you enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then following the darkness in the same way, the, the moon comes the sun. Um, God, the sun, the masculine counterpart to the moon. So how do you view him? So for me, I kind of, okay. You know, like when, especially when you were a child on vacation, um, you didn't have any worries. Like you were just enjoying the vacation. You weren't worried about returning to work. You weren't worried about paying for anything. You were just flat out like enjoying life. And mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what the sun reminds me of. It's like going on vacation and like learning and trying new things that might make you happy. It might not make you happy, but the whole point is like to enjoy the process and to take in what does make you happy. Um, and to just yeah. like let go like be childlike yeah. and brace yeah. your inner child for a little bit. Yeah. That's very Leo too, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I love that. I love that, that imagery of like when you were a child and you just had that, like that, what's the word like carefree or like, you weren't, you weren't jaded yet, you know, and you, yeah. were, every, and possibility was there, like endless, you know, like when you're young and you're <laughs> like, I could be president of the United States. And now we're 40 and we're like, well, it's probably not going to happen, yeah. but you know, exactly. but when you're young, like everything is a possibility. And I love the idea. So like, even in astrology, you know, the sun lights up, the sun shines and, and illuminates wherever it's placed in your chart. And so in tarot, you know, using that thread, it's like, it's like encouraging you to shine wherever you're feeling called. Exactly. It's your best possible self. Yeah. 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 You yeah, at your like best. That. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so judgment card is one of the hardest cards for when I started learning. I had such a hard time with this card for some reason. And I don't know if it's, the, the traditional imagery or the imagery of some of the decks I have, like right now, I was going to ask you your favorite deck. We'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> right now I'm, I'm really using the um, ethereal visions tarot. Oh, I love that and one. I love it too. It's my favorite. And, <laughs> and, and the imagery is, I just, it resonates with me, but this card, it's like the, and, and, and it's, I think it's the Rider weight also, but it's like, it reminds me of the rapture. You know, mm -hmm. like the Christian rapture, because I think that's probably what's based on, but like the coffins and everybody's like floating out of them. And mm -hmm. so I, when I saw this card, I would always think to myself, like kind of the same words that I used for justice, where I said, oh, it's a reckoning. Like it's because the rapture is kind of a reckoning. It's the ending mm -hmm. of like this, you know, this thing, but it's not, that's not what it is for me. So I'm interested to hear what it is for you because I read this card very intuitively whenever yeah. it shows up. And I, I have, I don't, it's like the one card that I don't have a lot of preconceived notions on. So whatever comes to mind, the second it hits the table is I go with that, you know? I love that. For it's, me, yeah. It's, yeah. So for me, it's an awakening card. Like it's okay. The best way to describe it is like when you start a witchcraft practice, you're kind of coming out of the box that society has put you in, that like past mm. circumstances have put you in, and you're rising out of it. And, you know, the people on the card are like completely naked, the, you know, as the day that they came into this world. And so mm -hmm. they are completely themselves. They're learning to love and accept themselves. And through that are finding their community of like-minded people who are going through the same things. And it's kind of like just getting out of your comfort zone and 
and like doing things for you and accepting you for who you are and what you enjoy and finding people who do the same and yeah. that you can, you know, become a better person because of it. Yeah. That's a great interpretation. I love that word awakening for this card. Cause that, that totally makes sense. I feel like when I first started to interpret this card, I was like interpreting it the same as I was like interpreting death. I was like, oh, it's a change. It's a, you know, it's a transition. It's a death and a rebirth. And then I'm like, no, that's not, you know, there's not two that are identical in the deck, mm-hmm. Shelby, you know, but <laughs> they can sometimes be but, very similar depending on like the reading. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I am such a, I am so, I so heavily rely on the cards around to tell the story of major arcanas you know i'm like wait a second i know what this means but we're gonna pull other ones to kind of i have this astrology teacher that she always says like this is the cake and then there's there's the the cake is chocolate but then there's flavorings you know and and there's there's peanuts and there's walnuts and there's sprinkles (laughs) whatever and so i always look at the major arcana like the cake like this is the cake and then the cards around it are the flavorings you know that are going to tell more about the situation that the major arcana is bringing Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, <laughs> like going back to the Empress, like, depending on the cards that are around her, she can be sometimes very selfish. So if like the devil's yeah. next to her, it's like, you know, you're choosing yourself too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what's great about the devil card, too, is if you when you pull other ones around it, it shows you like where exactly in your life that you're you know, you need to change. You're like, thanks for the call out. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to read tarot anymore. <laughs> so lame. I'm, I'm going to go get my pendulum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start scrying instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So we're at card 22 which is the world and the last of the major arcana so what is your take on the world so obviously the end of like a cycle you're not at the complete end yet you're like wrapping things up and it can feel like the world is literally on your shoulders as you're like wrapping things up and ending things but you're also like whole within yourself and you've learned so much gained you know some worldly knowledge to take with you when you start the pool again um Mm -hmm. but it's just an ending and just getting things done in order so things are like wrapped up nicely yeah it's like the, it always reminds me of the full moon. It's like a harvest, mm-hmm. you know, like you've, you've reached a pinnacle of whatever it is you're doing and not necessarily the end because after the world comes the fool again, mm-hmm. but you've reached a pinnacle place in whatever journey you were on. Exactly. I yeah. completely agree. <laughs> I love the, I love the, like I said, I love the order that they're in. And when, whenever I explain the tarot to people and I, talk about the fool's journey i'm like we are our whole life is a fool's journey Mm -hmm. every morning you wake up you begin the fool's journey you know if you a pregnancy is the fool's journey like Mm -hmm. you know a a trip is the fool's journey. like there's so many micro fool's journeys in our in our day and in our life and in our experiences and then the the life experience as a whole is a fool's journey yeah it's like he is obviously at, at the beginning you know discovering the world and at the end he has seen the world at least a mm-hmm. world a you mm-hmm. know what he has worked towards so yeah that makes sense yeah and you become a different version of the fool every time you get back to him you know that's exactly. what's in his knapsack this time what did he carry what did he learn you know it's just getting heavier and heavier <laughs> right yeah yeah what did he set down so that he could pick exactly. up you know <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I love that. And I love hearing your perspectives because it's so, 
they're so different than some of the ones that I learned and that I lean into. I do the readings that I have done a lot of in the past year have been like year ahead readings, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and so I, a lot of practicality in it, but also a lot of like events, but also a lot of, um, just energies and all of it. I'm always like, none of this is set in stone. Like you can change everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, this isn't a, Hey, this is all going to happen. But, um, sometimes I look at some of the cards that are coming up and I'm like, Oh, maybe the lovers represents a get together, you know, or two mm-hmm. people coming together. Like it could in the, in that reading with the cards throughout it, it could be literal. It could represent a marriage or mm-hmm. a, you meet a new person reverse. It could literally represent a breakup, you know, <laughs> when you're reading it in those ways. But, um, as archetypal reading, you know, it's energies and their energies within yourself. And exactly. So, That's, you know, the best way to learn tarot is to look at the image and see yourself in that image and it can mean like i always try to tell like people who are learning tarot to be open to changing your opinion depending Mm -hmm. on what you're like experiencing at that moment because like putting yourself into let's say the death card can mean something totally different depending on what you're going through and it's just like adapting to your situation. And I think there's a lot, like you said, putting your energy into it, like energetically, like intentions, your intention when you're holding the deck and you're holding the cards and you're asking the universe the question in your mind or out loud or whatever, like what's your intention? Are you, are you looking for an answer? Are you looking for guidance? Are you, you know, are you looking for direction? Because those aren't all the same things sometimes, you know, <laughs> and the card that is laid the way, and that's why I think there's so much in tarot that is intuitive. Mm-hmm. As soon as that card's laid, like, what do you feel? What exactly. do you see? You know, 100%, like what stands up, to, stands out to you. Yeah. 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 And asking clarifying questions. I, I do that a lot. Like if I'm like, yeah. I don't understand what you're telling me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need more information, you know? Yeah. Especially like if you get a card, like we were discussing, like the devil card, you kind of do have to lay a clarifying card to see what it is exactly yeah. is like keeping you chained. Right. Right. And then ask, how can I, what can, how can I get out of this or what, you know, what do I need to know? Mm-hmm to get out of it. I always do at the end of every reading, I do a single card, like message from spirit, like a summarizing, like, Mm -hmm. what do you, you know, say, say whatever you want to say to me card. And sometimes I hate that card. And sometimes I'm like, okay, (laughs) thanks. You know, so you're not that mad at me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I do the same. (laughs) Yeah. So what decks are you loving right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my number one will always be my number one is a tarot of mystical moments. Um, it's just a beautiful deck and I love the imagery and the collage art on it. It's just very stunning. Um, let's see what other ones am I enjoying? We'll link these two guys who are listening. I'm going to, I'm going to put links to all these decks. So don't feel like you have to write this down. (laughs) I have so many of them. It's crazy, but, um, let's see. I love uh, the ethereal vision so much. It, ethereal, it's, yeah. they're releasing new ones. Like the same Are artist oh. is releasing like a carnival one. It's very, it oh my very gosh. Cool. I love, love that. the Sanji photos. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, I've been recently, because it's winter, I've been using the vintage Christmas deck by Hattie mm. Thorne. And it's just so beautiful. And I love the vintage imagery. And I've always wanted like a, 
Christmassy deck, like a wintery deck. And they're so hard to mm-hmm. find, like that are actually done well and look good. And these are just so beautifully done. And I love the card stock and all that. So yeah, highly recommend yeah. if you're like a wintry person like me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I used the modern witch tarot for a really long time and I still, I still pick that one up, but I'm so nostalgic. Like I'm one of those people that I want like my one deck that I carry with me for 50 years. And that is buried with me, you know, that's like so worn <laughs> and that like, I just want that. I, (laughs) I don't. Yeah, and and that's what the ethereal. I'm not even saying this word right. Is it ethereal or ethereal? Ethereal. Ethereal. I keep saying ethereal, but I do too. I do it all the time. Like, (laughs) who taught me English? But that I love that deck and, and I do use other decks, but when I travel, that's the one that comes with me. And, you know, it's like the one that I take. So you don't have that. You don't have that. Uh, okay. Nostalgia. I do travel with the Botticelli deck. Botticelli deck. Okay. It's just, that's also very pretty. I just, I really like artsy, artsy decks that are like, yeah. really gorgeous. And that could be literally hung up on the wall if you like, yeah. you know large size yeah (laughs) yeah i love that i also like the renaissance tarot deck but the and i use that one for a long time um it's like myth based and the art and but you know what i don't like about it is Mm. the pips cards aren't uh done with like individual art they're just like like the pentacles are just pentacles or coins you know And, and it's nice and it's it doesn't but when I, especially when I was learning, I needed the art, you know, I needed mm-hmm. the imagery. And so sometimes with that deck, I can feel less connected if I, my spread is all minor arcana, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just the, I, I yeah, like the art is what really helps me like connect to things. And but then when there's not individual art for each card. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, I definitely no. I agree. I love like there are some pip decks that I really do love, like the Alice in Wonderland deck. Um, I do love to use for spring. It's just so very beautiful. But I love that you have seasonal deck. decks. I do. Never, I have so many. Yeah. I have to. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about having like a seasonal deck. You know, I love that. Yeah, I just kind of uh, like I exchange them through the as the year goes and kind of like put some away and then bring some forward (laughs) yeah yeah i like that we're actually so this is the first time i've even really talking about this but we're in the process of making our own deck at tamed wild and it's called the manor house tarot and it's all all the art is based off of the house that i live in in north carolina and so it's and all the people are like uh 1920s dress you know I love yeah, show me pictures of it at yes. the retreat and I love it so much it's so pretty yeah <laughs> the colors are all jewel toned and so I'm I'm in the process of well I'm not doing the art but the artist that I hired is that's working on it we're like going through our edits but seeing all these like rich blues and purples and like it's just such like a jewel toned gilded age type of deck it's so pretty I love it. It's going to be so gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's going to be out in the spring. Probably it's, it's me. I'm taking too long, like getting through the edits. Like I showed you the Oracle deck I'm working on. Like I'm going, uh, I was powering through it and then I just kind of like stopped for a little bit through winter, but that's that, that one I'm so excited about too. Yours is so beautiful. 
<laughs> I'm really yeah. excited to dig back into it. I need to find more time to be honest. <laughs> so I you know what? About it's, being slow. it's hard when creative things start to feel like work, you know, because mm-hmm. like you want to do it because it's creative and you want to, and it's expression. But then when it feels like I've got to do this and I have a deadline and you know, then you're like, well, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's why like, I was like, I'm not telling any publishers about this. Like, I'm just yeah. doing it for me right now. Right now it's just a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's something yeah. I enjoy doing. And right now it's just like, I'm not in like, I do, enjoy it obviously i just don't have the time to so eventually yeah. i'll get back to it yeah i love how debt creation is so accessible for people though because it's letting all these like little artists oh, that yes. don't have the platform to That's like create just you know yeah For my wallet <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's how you have 200 decks. <laughs> Most people have a library in their dreams. You have like a deck room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have like two cabinets. Well, it's fine. <laughs> I keep like going through them and like getting rid of things that don't resonate, but it's like, there's some like, but what if I want to use it someday? Right. What if I want this one and it's not available to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So Maria, thank you so much for being here and for sharing this conversation. It is always so fun to talk magical things with you. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, I am Maria the Arcan on almost all social medias, but currently I'm only really on threads and Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can find me anywhere that's just Maria the Arcane. And obviously I'm part of the podcast Coffee and Cauldron, so you can find me on there. Yep. And we'll put all these links below also. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed the episode coming up next time. I'm going to dive into the topic of ancestors and a spiritual practice and share how I came to understand this for me as a former Baptist with a long line of Christians and Mormons behind me. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear them. The podcast email is hello at themoonincarolina.com. Until then, I'm Shelby Bundy, and I thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my upcoming courses and offerings in coaching, consulting, or astrology, visit my website, themoonincarolina.com. You can also find me on Instagram at themoonincarolina.com.